Welcome to another edition of Reshaping America. This is your host, Kurt Flewelling. Well, we had a debate last night, a lot of news, a lot of news uh, debate last night between Joe Biden and President Trump. And we will analyze that. Uh, also, big tech is on the hot seat once again. Uh, it seems every other show we're talking about big tech, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, suppressing information, uh, fashioning uh, information in such a way to get Joe Biden elected, among many other things, um, as far as uh, how they traffic in disinformation. It's, it's just incredibly tragic, and it will, at some point in time, come to a head. I don't know when that's going to be, but we will talk about that as well. Um, and we have, uh, you know, the constant drumbeat of the polls and uh, the battleground states. And we have some uh, uh, polling entities that seem to be uh, a little bit more credible than the usual uh, polling entities that many people, unfortunately, uh, pay attention to. And as we do on this show uh, constantly, we will try to touch on how do we reach people, um, first and foremost, for Jesus Christ. But um, secondarily, uh, if you feel that uh, you care about this culture and want to persuade your fellow man, your fellow woman, uh, co-workers, people that you meet um, on the street, people at Starbucks, um, that one's going to be tough, but uh, at the soccer game, wherever, how do you do this? Um, there's a way to do it, and there's a way not to do it. And I think Donald Trump learned from his handlers and many other people that being loud, bombastic, and basically a bull in a china shop, although um, making his base giddy the first time, didn't really move the needle and kind of hurt him a little bit uh, after the first debate. Um, that was a confluence of many errors. Um, Donald Trump could have let Joe Biden speak, which is always a liability for Joe Biden. Just ask his handlers. Um, Chris Wallace, I continue to see him when I do watch Fox bash um, Donald Trump when this latest report that we touched on a little bit last week about the uh, Hunter Biden laptop came out um, true to form predictably um, Chris Wallace trashed it and and it's hard to trash it if you're objective um, the emails are the emails um, it, this is very different than uh, a he said, she said type of a thing. And we'll, we'll get to um, the gentleman that uh, Mr. Trump invited to the uh, debate last night and compare and contrast him to um, some of the people that have gotten on Capitol Hill, uh, particularly in these um, ju judicial hearings and have trashed people with absolutely no evidence whatsoever. Um it, it's the only thing that's going to be in Joe Biden's favor, in addition to the glaringly obvious um, flacking that big tech is doing in their suppression of free speech and um, the New York Post article. Um, something bigger than that is probably going to be the fact that there are 11 days um, at the airing of this show 
until um, the election day. And we're living in a new world, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Those of us that are a little older don't understand it quite as much as young people do. But a third of the people, or probably more, 45% of people in the United States have already voted. So um, this is the danger of um, October surprises, if they are credible October surprises, which to me personally, my opinion, this laptop is absolutely and utterly damning to a presidential candidate who wants to be the leader of the free world. I don't know how many of those uh, 45 million people or 50 million people that have already voted. How do they feel? Do you think they want their vote back if um, if this is to be true and it looks pretty damning? This is the danger of voting uh, six weeks out, eight weeks out from a presidential election. It's absolutely insane. And if Donald Trump ever does get elected, Within the first six months of his administration, he must, working with hopefully a plurality of Republicans in the Senate and the House of Representatives, he must embark on a very purposeful campaign um, to clean up the election fraud that is uh, just so crazy out there. Um, Democrats have wanted to do this for years, many of the things they're doing in the last month. And now they have the perfect cover of COVID-19 slash it's unsafe to go to a polling place. Um, And it's inconvenient to, you know, take 20 minutes out of your day to make it to the polling place. And that's where all of these uh, vote early, vote often, vote from home, you know, all all these crazy things um, happen. And they're, they're very problematic. And it makes it easier for people to do nefarious things or let's just say cheat if um, if they want to. However, those of us um, that I'm speaking to right now that do happen to believe in a higher power, God will not be mocked. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. He knows every single thug that's throwing ballots in dumpsters. He knows every single person in a back room late at night that's um, manipulating a voting machine before it's even delivered. He knows, he knows, he knows. So when you look around and you see chaos all over the place and you see a story that to me seems to be true, but at the least we should let people decide if it's true, correct? Um, And you see Mark Zuckerberg and others, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Um, suppressing the New York Times or anybody that would like to forward on that information, blocking them. This is communist China type stuff, and it will not stand in the United States of America. And we have people like Ted Cruz, uh, who I'll read an article, um, you know, and I heard him a couple times. Thank God for him defending and, and talking very forthrightly about getting these people up on Capitol Hill again. Now, if you're like me and many others, and I know there's a lot of people like this, so what if they get up on Capitol Hill? Uh, we touched this on the last show. Zuckerberg will sit there with that eerie, vacant stare that he has, and he'll nibble around the periphery as if he and his entity cares about the truth and 
when pressed about suppressing conservative uh, thought or conservative articles, he will give some long-winded non-answer. And then what's going to happen? And that, this is the cynicism that we in, uh, in the public have when these people get up on Capitol Hill, either um, voluntarily or by subpoena. And we have every right to feel that way because it does seem like every few months they're up there and nothing seems to happen. Um, this time is a little different. And I, I chronicled Jim Jordan last show. Um, and we'll read a little bit about what Ted Cruz is uh, exercised about as well as he should be. Um, election tampering is very, very serious stuff. It's a federal offense. And if there are issues of the day that are you know, bona fide issues or we'll at least let the people decide if they're bona fide that that are being willingly suppressed by these entities, big tech, if you will, because they have a vested interest in getting Joe Biden elected because he will be very, very friendly to big tech. And with a wink and a nod, big tech will tell you what's true and pat you on the head, tell you to sit down, force you to go to this search engine or that. Um, dis- people that dissent from the uh, the normal talking points will be slapped down, censored, and and this is the type of stuff that happens in oppressive regimes around the country. Now back to how do we take these truths that perhaps people that listen to this show understand and synthesize that down. excuse me, synthesize that down in a digestible, understandable way to the average person that when Donald Trump, and I feel that he did a good job with it last night, he had no choice. Nobody was going to do it. Although I will say um, the moderator, Kristen Welker, um, did not run from it totally. Um, It's pretty hard not to be um, labeled doing a pretty good job um, if if you compare her to um, uh, Chris Wallace or Savannah Guthrie. Um, her bar was extraordinarily low, but she did discuss it and she just didn't let it go. Um, she saved Joe Biden numerous times last night, which was to be expected. But Donald Trump brought it up and um I can guarantee you uh, there were millions and millions of viewers last night. Um, The vast majority of viewers like what is she talking about? What's this? um, What's this computer thing all about? Did not know at all. And it probably intrigued a few people. But then Joe Biden, sadly, but effectively pivoted after. Donald Trump was talking about his family's corruption and the computer and all this stuff to, Hey, you haven't submitted your taxes. And, and how do we reach the garden variety voter out there that may be undecided or, you know, beyond this election that we would like to, you know, have a working understanding of what's true and what's not. How do we reach them? If the way they're watching this debate Hey, Donald Trump brought up some corruption. Don't know much about that. And then Biden brings up his taxes. And then we reduce this thing to two politicians in suits just kind of slinging mud. 
And I bet you, sadly, if, if you if you interview the average voter that has never heard about this computer in Wilmington, um, largely because the uh, major news outlets um, will not cover it, NPR went as far as declaring it's a non-story. Um, this Russian crap that they that they trot out it's a russian you know hoax and all this nonsense um how do you reach those people well you know the short answer is you reach them where they are you you you're like a boxer you you pick and choose your openings and it it is akin to although it's not as important as witnessing or or uh, being ambassadors for Christ or winning souls, if you will, but it is quite similar in this respect. You're not going to come up to someone that's hurting that doesn't really know too much about Jesus Christ and the Word of God and just dive right into a heavy uh, biblical topic that is discussed in in uh, of the fourth year of seminary you're not going to because the the, the eyes will glaze over and your um, desired outcome which in what I'm talking about now leading someone to Christ will will just not be realized you 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 will see and those of us that have given speeches um, when people are literally falling asleep or your crowd is just not into it or whatever. We know this quite well. Um, the eyes glaze over. They have this look like, I don't know what in the world you're talking about. And it's, it's really quite simple. You, if it's witnessing, if it's talking about this Hunter Biden thing, you, you cannot present someone that is at a level of fourth grade math and they're they're just learning division you cannot discuss euclidean geometry with that person you just can't do it 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 will be a a fruitless waste of time and you're probably going to drive them further away from whatever your intended goal happens to be are you tracking with me so you're going to have to find commonality with people and um, I think Donald Trump has has tapped into that quite effectively, reaching out to young African-Americans in this country that heretofore have faced discrimination, have found it difficult to access the job market and get, get good jobs. And under Donald Trump, all you would have to do as a young black man in this country is just take a basic very basic, um, you know, paying attention to the news of the day and an understanding that as he likes to do when they trot out white supremacy and what have you done to for the black community when he he ticks off five or six things. And I'm telling you, that's when he's at his best. And that's when people are listening. And um, very good example you know uh, maybe someone in the black community may not be interested in this or that or the other but when they get a job and they get promoted and they get a better job and then their wife gets a job and um, their taxes are lower and they can move out of a bad neighborhood into a better neighborhood um, these things start to to register with with people that um, don't necessarily have to be 
politicos or people that are junkies to all this um, news stuff like many of us are. Um, it's very basic. And Donald Trump is very effective when he lays it out and gets into the heart, mind and soul of um, whatever group he may be talking to out there. Um, so this is what we do. And so is it concerning? And I'll read this article in a minute about big tech blunting uh, information. Yeah, it's extraordinarily concerning. But we have a couple of things on our side, ladies and gentlemen. We have the word of God, which um, you don't need a high IQ. You don't need to be a, a, um, a seminarian to understand the word of God. The word of God is truth. Um, it, 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 the Holy Spirit, if you invite Jesus Christ into your heart, will speak to you. Um, he will tell you right from wrong, truth from fiction, things you don't have to necessarily know all the details to know. You know, this guy's lying. He's not, um, this does not smell right. And it, when the emotion levels down and the Holy Spirit um, is is allowed to to impart the wisdom or be the great helper, as the Bible says he is, then these things become clearer and that coupled with discussions at Costco or discussions at the soccer game or discussions at the basketball game or uh, walking, uh, you know, in the neighborhood and you happen upon your neighbor and you start discussing things rationally and unemotionally, you will find common ground and you can start to pick people off one after the other after the other. Not everybody goes to this website or that website and um you know so you start there and and many conservatives have um have just not waited for their congressmen to get it together up on capitol hill and finally enact some legislation to stop these monopolies um from doing what they're doing and if it's all going to be blah, 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 every time Mark Zuckerberg gets up on Capitol Hill, which is entirely possible, then they're taking things into their own hands. Prager University is a good um, example where they have little three to five minute vignettes to reach young people in the United States of America. Um sadly doing the job that our schools used to do in educating people on the history of this country. Um, Glenn Beck on Blaze TV is doing um, that uh, kind of a long version of that for for those of you that are a little bit more want to dive in a little bit deeper uh, so that that's your cup of tea. And even, you know, and it does correlate with age, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to say this, but if you're even older and you want a little bit more than a three to five minute tutorial or even something Glenn Beck's doing, um, Mark Levin, every Sunday night on Life, Liberty and Levin does kind of an old school throwback to, um, you know, some of the... Um, um, stuff from when when conservatism started in the 60s where two guys in a chair just talked for an hour he does that if that's your cup of tea um if if you like humor greg gutfeld has a wonderful show on saturday night i don't know exactly what time it is um not a big fox advocate but they do have some good shows um 
And that is um, kind of like a lot of people got educated to the issues of the day, uh, firstly by John Stewart, and then um, uh, others that that kind of uh, talk about the issues of the day with a little shtick, and and a lot of it's not factual. But um, Greg Gutfeld has a very funny show, and he has guests on, uh, three of which are um, are regulars, and then they they are two of which are regulars, and then they they throw someone into the mix, a couple people that are new each and every week, and it's pretty entertaining if you're young and you want to get the the information uh, that's out there. Uh, in, in that format, you can do it. So, you know, and, and as I've said on this show several times, you know, they, if nature abhors a vacuum, um, Fox News burst onto the scene in the mid 90s because people were just tired of listening to CNBC, MSNBC, CNN, CBS, ABC, NBC, and Fox was born. So I do think some deregulation has to occur. And I think um, you're going to see some entities pop up that traffic in the truth and they, they disseminate truth and they don't blunt um, one school of thought or another as these big entities that we are kind of forced to um, listen to or, or avail ourselves to now engage in. So this article says Biden counting on the press, big tech to protect him from answering questions, says Ted Cruz. Big tech is the left's willing henchman to restrict the free speech protections of Americans, Ted Cruz said. Um, He slammed big tech and the mainstream media on uh, America's newsroom the other day um, for covering Joe Biden amid bombshell reports of Hunter Biden's international business dealings. And he goes on to say, if you look at what Twitter did, if you or I or anybody tried to tweet either of these New York Post stories laying out evidence of Joe Biden's corruption, your tweet would be blocked. Cruz told host Sandra Smith, you'd get a warning sign that says this is potentially harmful. Now, we have discussed this um, on the show ad nauseum, how absolutely insane it is to have some snot-nosed little um, state school graduate that's 24 years old putting labels on things um, as per whoever their puppet master may be. Um, It's insane, but as insane as it is, the, the educational system in this country and parents and families and churches have done such a woeful job in the last two generations, we'll say, that, you know, I, I, I'm sad to report, but I bet you there are a fair amount of people that um, tweet and they go to this website or that website or Facebook. And if they see a little check that says this is harmful, they're not even really thinking like harmful says who it's harmful. Um, the manipulation is, is absolutely breathtaking. And the really, really sad and scary part of all this is kids, yeah, kids, I, I use that generically young people in this country for the last 40 years have been really not taught to think. And that has, that is become on hyperdrive in the last 20 years. But when you are not taught to think 
in school or higher education, if you do go to college, um, you are ripe to be manipulated by whatever um, news feed that you avail yourself to. Um, if you're so busy with so many things that I might consider frivolous and you get your news um, in two to three minutes, sound bites and, and tweets a day, it, it's absolutely easy to manipulate an individual like that to just swallow whatever um, you're disseminating hook, line and sinker without much discernment. Um, it says in the article here, David Rubin says big tech has manipulated Americans, but in his estimation, it may be too late to address this two weeks before an election. And, you know, heretofore, that might have been true. And as I said earlier, there's a slew of people that have already voted, so they can't really get their vote back. But, you know, in a world where everybody has the attention span of a gnat, I think this thing breaking two weeks before uh, or you know, two and a half weeks before is, is probably as, as much as anybody can handle um, out there uh, because... It, 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 unless people are forwarding this and hitting it from all different angles, major news outlets, talk radio, conservative television, whatever, you know, it 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 will die and people will just forget it. So, I mean, if if you if this story broke a month before or six months or, or three months before, I, I don't know how much better it would be. Um, if it's not too late in the campaign, if, you know, if, if it's suppressed, it's suppressed. So, um, Cruz, uh, was taking a shot at his democratic colleagues saying their agenda, their agenda is to restrict the free speech protection America of American citizens and big tech is their willing henchmen. And whether or not you agree with big tech politics, who in their right mind would want a handful of Silicon Valley billionaires American oligarchs having total monopoly control over who's allowed to speak, what media is allowed to report, and what stories you're allowed to write and who's allowed to read them. Cruz asked, is it dangerous? Um, and it's a real threat to our freedoms. Um, so again, you heard the usual suspects saying um, everything on this computer, this is a... Um, this is a Russian manipulation campaign. Um, entities uh, far and wide, contrary to what Joe Biden said in the debate last night, have um, uh, credible entities in the FBI and the CIA and others have said this is not Russian manipulation. And back to what I said earlier, um, if people are not thinking about this critically, and unfortunately they're probably not, Joe Biden did a very good job of reducing this allegation by Donald Trump to mudslinging. He didn't really address it. He said, I've never directly taken any money, which is probably true. That's not how money laundering works. Um, nobody, although it has with, with politicians before, but uh, funneling money um, through uh avenues where your family is enriched and as these very very damning emails indicate that joe biden the big guy uh wanting his cut is, is a way to do it 
And then you could, I guess, with a straight face say, I've never directly received any payments from any foreign entities. So, you know, I, I guess he has a sliver of a conscience if he wants to, you know, spin it that way. But my point is, it something this damning, um, and for him to just retort, hey, well, you haven't paid your taxes, and, and everybody just chalking it up to mudslinging is, is really quite sad. But the difference is, unlike people that get up um, in the, these judiciary hearings and assail one um, judicial nominee or another with absolutely no evidence at all, uh, the fact of the matter is you have people that are confirming this is all true. They are confirming they've been in rooms with Joe Biden where he talks in great detail about his son's hunters, uh, foreign business dealings. And, and that's all well and good, but it's, but it's all on a hard drive, a, a hard drive that has not been manipulated as far as I can understand in any way, shape, manner, or form. You have emails uh, to and from people. You, you have everything backed up um, technologically or in writing, if you will, and, and the, the evidence is much more damning than some jabroni going up on ta- Capitol Hill and slinging a bunch of crap and then just going back and, you know, waiting for that check to come in the mailbox for whatever hit job that they did. So this is really, um, this is really serious stuff. Jack Dorsey, um, Mr. Cruz asserts is uh, behaving like Joe Biden's press secretary. Um, I don't know. I just have a weird way of looking at this, ladies and gentlemen. The, the crazier it gets as we're right up until November 3rd here, I know a lot of you, and I've, I've tried to steer you toward verses that were, will comfort you, but I know a lot of you get very, very concerned that I mean look at it our athletes are telling us Donald Trump is this and Joe Biden's great our entertainers are telling us the same thing Uh, CNN is telling us the same thing Um, anybody that tries to thwart these lies and promote the truth are themselves being thwarted by big tech Um, I talk to people in the community that don't know um, any of the things that I know. And people get very throttled up. They see all these Joe Biden, Kamala Harris signs all over the community. And admittedly, in suburban Philadelphia here, where I'm broadcasting from, um, there are a lot of Joe Biden signs. So um, Donald Trump better, and we'll get to fracking a little later here, better... um, his strategy of picking off 7,000 voters here, 3,000 there, 18,000 here, 1,200 there, as he's going to rural America throughout Pennsylvania, it, it better be a, a sound strategy because he has a tsunami of individuals working hard against him in Philadelphia and suburban Philadelphia. But, um, you know, uh, back to my original thought here. A lot of people get very, very nervous when they see this. And the way I look at it, and maybe whatever, um, 
I kind of try to look at it from God's perspective. And God is about truth. He's not about lies. He's not about manipulation. And um, if it is getting so crazy and so just wrong and egregiously um, terrible out there for people that are trying to thwart the truth, um, I kind of look at that as an indicator that God's patience either is um, nearing um, zero patience or he has gone past that and um, his providence will will prevail and Donald Trump will be elected. Um, uh, so I kind of look at it a little bit differently. The, the crazier it gets, I, I see the left as more desperate and um, I see God as either running out of patience at warp speed or he's already... Um, you know, uh, ran out of patience with this craziness that is going on, which indicates to me, and maybe it's wishful thinking or hopeful thinking that this great land of ours that was founded on Judeo-Christian principles that ascended to heights uh, heretofore never seen on the face of the earth in literal, literally a little over a hundred years from its inception. And it's been going crazy ever since. Um, it, it makes me heartened that the Lord um, who weeps for this country and what it's turned into has not abandoned us yet and left us to the government that some um, would say that we um, we deserve. So um, I'm hopeful. Um, I don't have a crystal ball. As many of you know, I know a lot about politics and culture, but I am the worst prognosticator in the world. Um, I'll report some of the uh, stuff that I'm reading as far as uh, polls are concerned, but um, don't listen to me when I say this person or that person's going to win, and here's why. Um, I, I can I can forward the opinions of others. I can forward my opinions, but my record of uh, prognosticating is not good. So, um, you know, uh, Ted Cruz, uh, as per this article, is fighting on your behalf. Jim Jordan is as well. Um, and uh, also, uh, you know, Donald Trump is love him or hate him is is a one man wrecking crew. He is fighting on your behalf as well. Uh, if, if Donald Trump did what some people wanted him to do last night, although he was quite tempered in comparison to the first debate, um, he, you know, he might not have even brought up the Hunter Biden thing. I mean, let, let, let's go back to um, arguably the greatest presidential um, debate victory in the history of presidential debates when Mitt Romney absolutely kicked Barack Obama to the curb. Barack Obama got a little cold water thrown in his face and uh, was criticized by people in his own camp, came back in the second debate, did much better. And the third debate, um, a little bit before that, uh, a couple weeks before that, was this little thing called Benghazi, where um, Barack Obama failed miserably, Hillary Clinton failed miserably, and it was all speculate, speculation. Is, is Mitt Romney going to bring up Benghazi? didn't say a word about it and got his butt kicked. Um, that's not in um, Donald Trump's DNA. This is a big deal, the things that are on this laptop. And he was not going to wait for the moderator 
or anybody else to bring it up, uh, seeing how it's suppressed so um, in, in such a widespread way. So again, love him or hate him. Donald Trump puts this piano on his back and he just just runs with it. So um, this next article says Hunter's ex-partner recounts meeting Joe Biden, claims family was paranoid about hiding former VP's involvement. Um, and this is a gentleman, um, Tony Bobolinsky. I know you can't make these names up, but um, he actually was invited to the debate by Donald Trump last night. Um, but this says Hunter Biden's ex-business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, claimed on Thursday that he met with the former Vice President Joe Biden regarding his son's business dealings and alleged that someone involved with the controversy had warned him about coming forward. Uh, Mr. Bobolinsky says, I was told this past Sunday by somebody who was also involved in this matter that if I went public this information, with this information, it would bury all of us. Um, Bobolinsky went on to accuse the former vice president of lying about his involvement with his son's business dealings and indicated that his family sought to conceal his activities. Uh, specifically, Bobolinsky alleges he met with the former vice president on May 2nd, 2017, introduced by his son, Hunter, and brother, Jim. So the article goes on to, um, to kind of back up what the emails say. Um, um, and it says one email includes a note that Hunter has some office expectations and he will elaborate a proposed equity equity split references 20% for H presuming that's Hunter Biden and 10 held by H for the big guy. Um, and Donald Trump, uh, briefly sarcastically, and I believe effectively last night said to, um, Joe Biden, are you the big guy? Now, again, let's dance back and forth here for those of us that, um, would like to learn more about this. And those of us that know um, Joe Biden has a very, very long and storied career of corruption. This is interesting. But when the average person watching this debate casually might very well say, what is Donald Trump talking about? This big guy stuff. What is it? And again, this is, this is, um, um, journalistic malpractice. Um, our, our media has an obligation to um, put out the truth in, in situations like this and, and, and to suppress it or spin it or just block people trying to access this truth is profoundly un-American. So as they say, this is journalistic malpractice on the part of many of these entities that... Um, you have a laptop. Uh, nobody on the, the Biden side is denying that it is Hunter's and that these emails are, are bona fide. It, it's almost we're living in a surreal world of, of run out the clock. If you're if you're, you know, ever played sports, you know, uh, teams do it all the time. And a lot of times they get beat doing it. But um I believe um, Joe Biden is kind of making the same mistake that Hillary Clinton made in the last few weeks of, of her campaign. You know, um, 
I have the media on my side. I have many, many forces on my side that'll take care of this. And um, maybe he's right, but two weeks is short in politics, but it's also long and we'll see what comes out. Um, And if this Tony Bobolinsky guy actually gets, you know, subpoenaed by somebody on Capitol Hill. So um, is it too little too late? I don't know, but I do know one thing. I do know our Lord uh, and Savior, Jesus Christ, knows all about this. He he knows what's true. Um, we don't have to worry. Uh, he is in control. He is in control. He is in control. And as I said last um, segment here, this next article um, uh, kind of chronicles what um, Donald Trump said, um, you're the big man. Trump accuses Biden of benefiting financially from Hunter's foreign business dealings. President Trump knocked former Vice President Joe Biden uh, during the final presidential debate over recent news stories tying him to his son Hunter's business dealings in Ukraine. You're the big man, I think, Trump told Biden Thursday night on the debate stage in Nashville. Your son said we have to give 10% to the big man, Joe. What's that all about? Um, You know, if we had a fair media and if that moderator was fair, um, she may have parked on that a little bit. Now, as, as much as she did bring some things up, as much as she didn't debate Donald Trump like um, uh, Chris Wallace and uh, Savannah Guthrie just went toe to toe. And the, the self-importance there and the animus is just so um, earth shattering. It, it can't even be described. Um, I think this young woman probably wants another gig of being a moderator or a rising up the food chain, if you will. So in a lot of respects, she did way better than the other two uh, moderators, if you will. But she did um, she did save Joe Biden many, many times. And um, Joe Biden, it just it's not because I don't like him. His um, answer to this whole thing was just very basic and dismissive. And, you know, that that's not unusual. People um, in the fetal stages of um, these things, oftentimes, um, you know, subscribe to the old Bill Clinton playbook, which is deny, deny, deny. And if you look back um, to the beginning stages of the Monica Lewinsky uh, scandal, which I have to be careful in understanding here, that was 23 two years ago. There's a lot of people that were either not even born or little kids when that came out. But um, Bill Clinton was rather dismissive and and actually defiant um, with pointing at the camera. Um, And and as that unraveled, um, he became, um, you know, more and more concerned and eventually he was impeached for it. Uh, I, 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 I try to call them like I see them, ladies and gentlemen. We are not living in um, 1998 anymore. This is the year 2020. And um, I think that um, a lot of the things I, I, I listened to poor Britt Hume, uh, the, the Fox panel put out um, eight different analysts last night of varying degree of uh, political persuasion. And... Um, I think Brett Baer was was kind to the old stalwart of conservatism at Fox, uh, Britt Hume. But, 
you know, Brett Hume was saying like, this doesn't pass the smell test and this can't stand as far as big tech and all these media outlets suppressing this. This is a real story, da, 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 da. And in, instead of saying what I was thinking, uh, Brett Hume, or excuse me, Brett Bear was very respectful and deferential and, and said, you know, Brett, I, um, I don't know if we're living in that world anymore. <laughs> and that's kind of sad because the Bible is true um, 2,000 years ago, um, 200 years ago, and 20 minutes ago, and it will be true forever and a day. Um, right is right, wrong is wrong. There is no sliding scale on, um, on things that are right and things that are wrong, and there's no sliding scale on sin or the interpretation of, of sin. And um, I think Brit Hume, it was kind of sad, but kind of charming that he just said, you know, this doesn't pass the smell test. There's a, there's a computer there with materials on it. Um, at the absolute least, let the public decide what they feel about this. And, um, you know, Brett basically said, um, what I'm saying now, like we're not living in that world anymore. And and I used to get slapped back. I would argue about points that Ronald Reagan made and, and about the economy. And, you know, people would just look at me. It's like, it's not the eighties anymore. Ronald Reagan's dead. And is, is, you know, sobering slash disrespectful as that may be. They're right. We're living in a different world now, guys. And we, we have to find a way to influence people and persuade people in a loving way and and not a a way that repels but attracts and that that goes for cultural issues and politics if you want to call it that just as much as it does leading people to christ and we have to find a way to do that and as i said earlier that way is usually find your opening find some common ground and um we shall see. Um, let me conclude with a um, couple of verses that if you feel that um, this one doesn't pass the smell test, and if you feel that there's some, if there's smoke, there's fire, and there's some corruption here, maybe these verses will comfort you and at least remind you who is on the throne. And um, you cannot fool God. You cannot mock God without there being a consequence. Um, I'm not going to fill in the blank what that consequence is. But um, the first one is uh, Proverbs 16:8. Better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. And uh, if you have a lust for money, a lust for power, an insatiable appetite for either or both of those things, you are going to fall. Um, And the Bible tells us very clearly that uh, being content with a little here, um, doing it in a righteous way or being a righteous individual or or, um, uh, attaining your wealth or um, standing in life in a righteous way um, is much better than all the gain that you think you may be um, acquiring if you're doing it in an unjust way or a way that God does not want you to do it. So um, that is a very indicting verse. 
<clears throat> Another one here is Jeremiah seventeen eleven. Like a partridge that hatches eggs, it did not lay, are those who gain riches by unjust means. When their lives are half gone, their riches will desert them. And in the end, they will prove to be fools. And if you've ever talked talk to somebody that's not just doggedly stubborn to the last breath they have on this earth, if they have been caught with their um, hand up to their armpit in the cookie jar and they are honest and they are reflective, they will... Um, put their stamp of approval on these two verses and they will tell you categorically um, what it's like to uh, operate in a godless way, a greedy way, a corrupt way and be caught and slapped down and um, basically been the recipient of God's vengeance or judgment. Um, It ain't fun. And the only um, good thing about it is you have people like, say, Michael Milken, the junk bond king years ago. Um, He literally has gone to hell and back with um, um, sickness, disease, incarceration. And he came out of the, the other side being a very, very different person, realizing um, that these verses are true. And anybody that thinks they're going to game the system, gain the system, gain the system, give their money to their family and just die. And that at the least, when their knee bows, um, there will be a day of reckoning. And many times that, that, um, that day of reckoning comes far before um, that person leaves this earth. Um, just listen to guys like Michael Milken or people that ha- are truly repentant for what they have done and they've turned their life around. Um, you know, I, um, I, I've tried to grow as a Christian and even though the stakes are very, very high with Joe Biden, um, becoming president. And even though I am profoundly saddened and righteously angry, um, uh, at the things that Hillary and Bill Clinton have done over the years. I, I try as a Christian to let my sadness and fear for what um, it must be like to just daily poke God in the eye with a greasy thumbnail. At, at the least, I, I have to just think that they do not know him and they do not know what they're doing. Because you cannot do that day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, decade in, decade out, as many of these individuals have done. And think that you are not playing with fire. Um, So I I try as hard as I can to pray for these people and mourn for these people because it's got to be pathetically sad to be that shallow and and to be that concerned with um things that as the bible say will uh um moth will destroy and and time will rust um it's uh and and it, it's hard to do but um we have to do it um in the remaining minutes we have here this article says trump gets out of his own way to paint biden as a creature of washington Now, many would say that this is when Donald Trump is probably at his best, when the bombastic rhetoric is tempered and he compares and contrasts himself 
with Joe Biden. And I think I agree with that. And I think that is a, a shtick, if you will, that does resonate with a lot of people who prior to COVID, whether they wanted to admit it or not, they were certainly exper- experiencing a great economy and many other things in this country that were a direct result of, of Donald Trump being in office. Um, when you have been an incumbent for four years and have been as accomplished as he has been before COVID-19 muddy the waters, to paint yourself, to continually paint yourself as an outsider as he did last night in the debate and uh, you know, assail your opponent as, as a long-term 47-year politician, that resonates. Uh, I'm telling you, that resonates. That is, a, that is a very digestible, very understandable concept. Career politicians normally are, are just not looked at uh, favorably. Um, po- po- politics was never designed by our forefathers to be a career this was a get in, get out type of public service. And you were, if you were a blacksmith, you were expected to be a blacksmith, be a politician, and in a few years return to being a blacksmith. And that goes for any vocation out there. Um, enriching yourself and being affected by um, how steeped in corruption Washington is, um, is, that is a winner for Donald Trump to paint himself as a guy that I didn't need this. I was doing quite well without it. I'm here to serve you. And to paint the guy on the other side of the stage as somebody that's been there for one half of a century is effective. And again, that may, um, that may appeal to some, um, I think what I'll do here, because my uh, time is uh, waning, is I will touch on one thing that I think, um, as much as many of these concepts that we're discussing, I think fly 50,000 feet over the head of a lot of constituents or undecideds, if you will. I think a couple of things that he touched on and got Joe Biden to step on himself with are going to bode very well for him and and very quickly, one of which was the fracking thing. Um, He brought it up late in his two-minute allotment that he had. Um, The moderator stepped on him a little bit and he got back into the, hold it, hold it, I I gotta make this point. It would have been more effective if he made it in the beginning of his two minutes when they started talking about global warming. But he brought it up. Um, The fracking thing, ladies and gentlemen, and how well... Uh, although I think he could have done better that um, Trump did on that issue and um, Biden's absolute waffling and flip-flopping on that issue is something that um, is probably going to be the nail in the coffin of Joe Biden in Pennsylvania. And unbelievably, and I think Joe Biden was, was really suffering cognitively in the last half hour of that debate. And it was sad to see. Um, he admitted, um, and Trump got him to commit to admitting that he wants to uh, make a transition from um, the oil industry to other modes of energy. And uh, Donald Trump did a very effective job um, saying, yeah, I, I think the people in Texas, Oklahoma, and then the, the money two states, Ohio, and more importantly, Pennsylvania 
would be very interested in that comment, Joe. And um, Joe tripped up on that. He is not going to be able to extricate himself from this fracking thing in Pennsylvania. Now, it's just going to be a mathematical equation. Um, will there be enough people in rural Pennsylvania to offset the people in the Philly suburbs? That remains to be seen. But I'm telling you, um, Joe Biden has a big problem. And so does his running mate on their comments about fracking. And they're, they're not going to be able to get on the right side of that, at least in rural Pennsylvania. This is Kurt Flewelling, Reshaping America. Until next week, have a great day.